Menopause and the menopause transition can come with lots of challenges, hot flashes, irritability, and fatigue, just to name a few of the symptoms. For those looking for relief using a natural approach, or for those who want or need to avoid hormone therapy, there are alternatives, and our guest today has literally written the book on managing menopause with lifestyle changes and diet. As always, I recommend consulting your healthcare provider and discussing any symptoms you may be having so that they can be checked out. And before starting any program, I also suggest letting your provider know so everyone's on the same page in case issues arise. Hi, welcome to Beyond the Paper Gown. I'm Dr. Mitzi Crockover, and I am so excited today to be talking to Marian Stewart, who has been called the pioneer of the natural menopause movement. She's also an author and has authored the book, Manage Your Menopause Naturally, a six-week guide to calming hot flashes and night sweats, getting your sex drive back, sharpening memory, and reclaiming well-being. So if it can do all of that, I'm in. So, um, but I've had the pleasure, Marion, of really kind of knowing you throughout this pandemic for over the last couple of years, virtually, and, and feel like I, I do know you and, and have acquired a friend. So welcome. Thank you. Yes, we've been knitting together in meetings, haven't That's we? Right. I noticed the first time oh, I saw God. you, we were both really- knitting. That is so funny, and I really need to pick that back up. I have a lot of unfinished uh, uh, projects. Um, Well, again, like I said, welcome. Um, You know, you are not a nurse or really a healthcare professional by training. So how did you get into this business? Well, I trained as a dental hygienist, funnily enough, in the very early days. Um, That was the beginning, and I was on maternity leave. My husband at the time was a doctor and he'd opted out. We were in England. He opted out of the National Health Service and uh, he was setting up the British Society for Nutritional Medicine with three other doctors. And they got together 10,000 medical papers on the non-drug approach to health. I was on, well, my youngest, I think, was I had 22 months between my kids, so I had two under 22 months, and they didn't think I had anything to do. So they gave me these 10,000 medical papers to sort into conditions, and I found 200 on PMS in the process of doing that. So I trained his nurse in his own practice to help women with PMS using this research, and then a local journalist came and heard about it, and before we knew it, she'd written about it all over the place, and we were... Well, we had a man turning up from the post office with sacks of mail. And it was how the initial advisory service was born. And uh, we were specializing in helping women overcome their PMS. And we found that 96% of the women were actually symptom free within four months of following our program. It was absolutely amazing because at the time there was only drugs and hormones and the waiting lists. Well, the waiting list was six months to a year. So women tearing their hair out feeling suicidal and like Jekyll and Hyde, they they didn't have time on their hands. So we were only too delighted to help them. And that's how it all began, really. So we had eventually a team of 13 doctors, nurses and nutritionists. And we were busy helping women going with PMS. And then we helped with all sorts of other things like irritable bowel syndrome and sugar cravings and 
fatigue and I wrote book after book after book. And then in the early 90s, there were medical papers published on the non-drug approach to menopause. I thought, well, why don't we just tweak our PMS program and start helping women going through menopause? And that was how the menopause journey began. And I was scared stiff because I used to do a lot of media. And I remember going on Radio 4 or Woman's Hour in England, which is quite highbrow with all these experts from the British Menopause Society. And I thought, if I dare to mention the natural approach, someone's going to bite my head off. But at least I've got these medical papers to refer to now. And so it's become more comfortable over the years because now there are literally thousands and thousands of medical papers published on the non-drug approach. And everything we do is based on research that's being published. Right. And if anybody takes a look at your book, you have a whole section that is just reference after reference. And I really, as an internist, appreciate uh, that perspective. And a lot of what you're talking about, you know, in medicine too, we say do no harm. And so what you're really proposing are some very, in some ways, common sense, um, as well as, but with a lot, you know, again, more insight, um, uh, options for women to really take care of themselves. Let's take a look at a few of the different areas that you've been focusing on. But did you want to say something before I did that? Yeah, I did. Just interestingly on that subject, when I wrote my first book, I was looking for a quote. And I found a quote from Maimonides all those centuries ago, saying that anything that could be treated naturally should be. And diet and lifestyle come first. And that was before the advent of the pharmaceutical industry. And I just think that that makes a great deal of sense. And a lot of women in our surveys want, 90% of women say they want to manage their menopause naturally. And, you know, so let's talk about that because you talked about diet and that was really, it sounds like how you got into this as well, looking at um, uh, nutritional uh, options to, to treat different issues. So what is the backbone of your program in terms of diet? Well, I talk about our our successful program as being five tried and tested ways to manage menopause naturally. The first thing is diet, because we did five separate studies in the early days that were published on nutritional deficiencies, because we couldn't believe women with PMS were getting better. Um, We wondered, you know, why. And when we found collectively that between those studies, 50 to 80% of them had low levels of magnesium and other nutrients like essential fatty acids, B vitamins... Uh, calcium, vitamin D, and so on. And those were affecting brain chemistry and hormone function. So women were running on empty. They were like a bucket with a hole in it. And when we were helping them to fill that, the symptoms disappeared. So the very first thing we do is we teach women how to get their nutrients back into an optimum range, because as you get older, nutrients become in even further short supply. So if you've had babies and you're breastfed, you've lived life in the fast lane, you haven't really been looking after yourself as much as you could do, maybe you've had too much alcohol and you've been too stressed, you're going to have low levels of nutrients. So that's the very first thing that needs to be corrected. Then we look at when you get to perimenopause and menopause, as you know, your ovaries are retiring and you've got no uh, circulating estrogen anymore or very little. And the receptor sites are hungry for it because 100 years or so ago, we weren't living much past 50 But now when 40-something represents halfway for so many of us, we've got to survive and thrive if we want to have good quality health. So we need to fill the receptor sites. And Mother Nature has given us these amazing substances in our food that really resemble 
the molecule of estradiol that we had before menopause. And so we can fool the brain into thinking that we've got normal circulating estrogen. So that's the second thing we do. And we teach women how to keep the receptor sites satisfied throughout the day and, and the night. And then we look at, the third part is looking at science-based supplements, because supplements are not a regulated industry. And very often, many of the pretty pots and packets that you see on the shelves don't even contain what they say on the label. So we focus on the supplements that have been through properly conducted clinical trials because we know they're safe and effective. And then we match those to the symptoms that each individual woman has. Then we look at exercise. So moving, when you're not feeling well and you've been up all night, can't think straight, you're aching and tired, you're not inclined to get up and do any exercise. So that makes it even worse. So we help them to just get out their chair, do some dancing and stretching, maybe a bit of yoga, just something nice and uplifting that's going to release those feel-good hormones and start to boost their metabolism again. And then finally, looking at formal relaxation, because the research shows that by doing a session at least 20 minutes a day of either a guided meditation or some kind of formal relaxation, they can reduce their hot flushes and night sweats by 50 to 60%. And that also helps us to rewire our brain. So if we've got high levels of circulating cortisol, our stress hormone, which so many of us have at the moment because of all the things going on in the world, it helps us also at the same time to bring down those high cortisol levels. And excess cortisol symptoms, as you undoubtedly know, can mimic menopause. You can get brain fog and panic attacks and palpitations and hot flushes and depression and fatigue and so on. So we want to make sure that women are, have got these tools at their disposal so that they can actually not just get themselves back into good nutritional shape, but they can actually get back to feeling better than they can remember. Sure. And let's just uh, dial back a little bit because what we're talking about, and, and I think you're starting with in terms of women, is those women who are starting to get those symptoms that we uh, connect with perimenopause. So talk a little bit about perimenopause and menopause and where your program fits. So uh, perimenopause is the eight years leading up to menopause. So that's when you've got changes going on in your body that start for most women in their early 40s. The average age of menopause is 51. It's actually one day. It's the anniversary of your last period. So you haven't had a period for a year. You're menopausal that day. And then the next day you become postmenopausal for the rest of your life. <laughs> And that's when you're much more predisposed to things like the bone thinning disease, osteoporosis, heart disease, dementia, and all those awful things. But research shows you can prevent those. And so it's another amazing reason to learn how to meet your needs, preferably at perimenopause. But even if you don't learn about it until you're in your 50s or even 60s, it's not too late. What I, again, am learning, relearning, because as you know, there was this time where we were giving estrogen to everyone for all the right reasons. And then we dialed it back because of the women's health study, which said that there could be some um, negative effects. And then they re looked at the study and said, no, 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 just kidding. <laughs> it really is helpful. Um, but you know, and a lot of people got scared about using pharmaceutical estrogen and so forth and hormones. But what we do know now is exactly what you said, and that is that estrogen can help prevent Alzheimer's, of which women are the majority of people with Alzheimer's. It can help with bone loss or preventing bone loss, um, and obviously the symptoms of perimenopause. Do we know those phytoestrogens that you are suggesting for the diet can do the same kinds of things? Do we know that? Yes, very much so. So you, there have been studies showing that you can make new bone 
And uh, when you fool the brain into thinking you've got circulating estrogen, it does the things it was doing before menopause. So you get the factory lights going back on again <laughs> and the cells are produced. And that's how you get the mucus in the lining of the vagina. That's how they found in that study in Australia that was published in the British Medical Journal that they were bringing about the desired change in the vagina. So yes, and also they've looked at heart attacks and how those are affected by taking uh, Mother Nature's estrogen, isoflavones and, and lignans and so on. And it's a really good story. And it doesn't have the side effects. Unfortunately, a lot of women go on HRT. In our last study on 1,100 women, we found that I think it was 41% of the women took HRT and were prescribed it. 14% didn't take it. And 62% of those who did take it came off it in the first year because of adverse side effects. And so it's not necessarily going to suit everybody. And even if you do take it, it's not going to correct nutritional deficiencies. So you've got two different things going on here. One is the ovaries have retired and they need the receptor sites are empty. And you do need to do something about it because you've also got the environmental estrogen, which are those xenoestrogens that come from pesticides, pollution and waste. And because the body is so hungry for estrogen, it will take anything. And there's an increased risk of breast cancer if those things get into your receptor sites. So you really either going to take HRT or you're going to manage the natural way. But whatever you do, you need to fill the receptor sites with something good so that the brain feels fulfilled and the body works normally. And we see the skin, your hair, your nails, everything looks so... And people, honestly, the transformations you see are spectacular. And that's why we get out of bed every day. Women are so wise when they get to midlife. We can't afford for them to fall apart and get bowled over by their hormones. And we know from research now that between, depending on the survey, between 15 to 25% of women are actually leaving the workforce when they get to menopause because they can't show up in the way they need to. And we can stop that. Going back to your program, you know, you start out with a jump start and a cheat sheet. So I'm interested in for you to tell us a little bit more about that as well. Well, I think trying to make changes of a lifetime all at once is nothing short of scary. And some women just get overwhelmed and can't do it. So what we try and do is get people to take baby steps at the beginning and do things that they're going to notice they can get a win from quickly. So things like, for example, depending on your symptoms, if you've got hot flushes and you've got palpitations and you've got insomnia, then caffeine is going to be your worst enemy. So coming off things like tea, coffee and anything else that contains caffeine in any form is going to bring on those flushes and make you feel worse and keep you awake at night. So having decaffeinated drinks and alternatives is the best thing for you to do. So that's the first thing. The second thing would be to start consuming some of the foods that contain naturally occurring estrogen, things like flax seeds, which you can put in your cereals and sprinkle on your salads and um, some soy, soy milk, uh, preferably organic. You know, there's little things that you can do and, and relaxation, taking time out for yourself, maybe after lunch or after work, just to do that 20 minutes. And if your mind is so busy, as mine was, I could never stop it. I've just found an app I love, which takes me, created by a neuroscientist, that takes me into a deeply relaxed state. And my patients love it because when you come out, I tend to do it for half an hour a day, but when you come out, you feel like you've had a really good sleep. And then you've, you're energized for the rest of the day. You don't feel wasted by the time you get to the evening. I love the question that you actually also posed in your book, are you fit 
for menopause. What do you mean by that? Well, most people are not fit for menopause. And that, <laughs> we, we did a survey on 1,200 women years ago called, Are You Fit for Midlife? And when we looked at what they were doing, most of them had really low levels of essential fatty acids. Most of them were drinking caffeine and not really exercising and drinking alcohol and so on. And, and they got themselves into uh, kind of down a cul-de-sac, really, where, but they had no idea. And that's the awful thing is that most women in our surveys, for example, in the latest survey, 96% of them said they were unprepared for menopause and two thirds of them felt robbed of life as they knew it. They have no clue that they can get better. And so looking at, are you fit for menopause is the first thing you need to do. Because if you're not in good nutritional shape and you've got empty receptor sites and you're not moving, you're a sitting dog. And just to follow on that, um, one of your chapters is entitled Sex, Stress, and Sleep. And so um, why did you want to focus on those three S's? Our relationship survey showed that over 70% of women can't have an orgasm. They have vaginal dryness. And sex is very much off the menu. Sometimes it's very painful. And you can get all that back again, but you just need to make sure, and it's like peeling an onion. If we deal with the stress and we help you to get your sleep sorted out and control the hot flushes and night sweats and so on, then you're going to start to feel better. We know that your brain function will come back again. We know that your energy will come back again. And then in the process of that, we can get your libido back again. You know, sleep seems to be so elusive. We hear you need eight hours of sleep or six to eight, depending on your own unique needs. It's easier said than done. Any suggestions? Oh, tons of suggestions. Yes, I think uh, depending on how bad your sleep is, but certainly taking out the stimulants and making sure you turn off all your blue lights and make your bedroom nice and sleep friendly, maybe have a sleep mask as well. There are some fabulous herbal products that help with sleep that have been shown in clinical trials to either induce sleep or keep you asleep for longer. And there are now um, all sorts of tech things coming on the market. And so as time goes on, there's going to be more things to support women. There are clothes that you can wear to stop you um, waking up feeling hot that help you to control flushes. There's just so many different things so that uh, eventually it will all become common knowledge. There'll be, I was thinking the other day actually that what should I do for my daughter who's coming up? She's not perimenopausal, but you know, she's in her thirties and it won't be too long before she is. And I thought the kindest thing I could do for her would give, be to give her a goodie bag with all the different things that show, or at least information about all the different things that show that you can be helped. And so it's not this scary um, loss of life as you knew it scenario and this shame and ageism thing. It's just about having a midlife refuel when you get into your 40s so that you can get yourself turbocharged and feel better than you remember. I love that. And you know, it's interesting. Um, I was just at the Women's Health Innovation Summit and interviewed a mother and daughter team who um, have a product to regulate hot flashes. We were talking and, you know, they made the point of that nobody had spoken to the mom about it. So she made it her job to speak to her daughter about yes. it. And now her daughter has become an evangelist about talking to her peers because there really isn't a conversation. And I think having those conversations are so important and normalizing menopause, right? 
Yeah, because it's, I, I remember a few years ago, we were um, promoting our webinars on Facebook and we were paying to do that. And then all of a sudden our website got taken out. Oh, and that's when the we, issue. when we, in, you know, delved into what was going on, they decided the advertising standards, this was in the UK, had actually decided that menopause was a serious medical condition. Serious, no less. Oh, anyway, God. there was a public outcry. There was a public outcry. Well, it is outcry. serious, but it's not a disease. It's a life exactly. stage. It's a life stage. It's a transition, exactly. and that's all it is. And so it took them three months to switch on to that after the public outcry. But it, that is, and that's what women need to understand, and the men need to understand, because we did a survey on men, and we found that they feel rejected and frustrated, and they're scared stiff to open the conversation. And of course, women don't want to open the conversation because they think it's the end of life as they knew it. Once they, they know that all they need is a refuel, and it's just a transition, then they can have a conversation and be supported. And then they come out of it together much stronger, rather than Absolutely. being just... right. And you, and you talk about it in your book about um, talking about it in the workplace. And I think we're now seeing a little bit more focus on that. And, you know, the UK seems to be ahead of the United States in this area, and that they're actually addressing that issue in the workplace. What would you like to see here in the United States? What suggestions would you have for women who are facing this right now? Well, we've been working with women in the workplace for several years. And Admittedly, most of them are still in the UK, even though I'm based in the US because it's all virtual. But it has such a profound effect. What we tend to do is we go into companies and we survey the workforce. We do a webinar. So we talk, talk to them about what's going on in the body. We include men as well. We did a massive global webinar for Cisco years ago. That was the first time I encountered men. And they had the best Apparently, according to the Global Wellbeing Director, they had the best response to any health initiative they'd ever done before. So the men love it because they get empowered with knowledge as well. The women get help. And then we do this survey to determine suffering. On, we look at the symptom scores and the lost productivity because Forbes says it costs $810 billion globally each year due to lost productivity associated with menopause. And there's one study here showing it costs $6,500 per woman per year. And that doesn't include lost talent. So we can't afford to lose these women. And I think the workplace needs to understand that this is not just a nice idea. They need to help and support women of this age in their 40s. And it'll be a win for everybody, for the workplace, Absolutely. for the women, for relationships, for the economy, and so on. Well said. Talk a little bit about um, what you mentioned about, you know, focusing on this for a few months. So you take your program, uh, it's a six-week program, and then is there a maintenance phase? Yes, what happened in the beginning was it was a five-month program that I used to run in my clinic and so did my colleagues. And then in, I think it was the end of 2016, I made four little films for Facebook and put them in a, a group. And over two, well, in fact, in 12 weeks, over a million women saw them. And so we were inundated with suffering and I just felt angry that so many women were still suffering 20 years after I started helping women and knowing full well that they can reclaim their well-being. It seemed crazy that doctors weren't educated and yet the research is out there and the women don't know about it. So we decided to take the research from the five-month program and split it into six bite-sized modules 
and turn it into an initiative that would help women to understand what the research shows helps you to feel better. But we didn't realize then when we launched that very primitive version of our now course that we would be turning women's lives around even in six weeks. So it started out as a six week program, but yes, after six weeks, you're only a certain way there. Many of the symptoms are gone. Things below the waist take longer than that, remembering it's a five month program originally. Mm -hmm. And what we tend to do because of human nature is we keep them in a coaching group. And so we've now created a community where women come after they've done the initial six weeks and they stay there so we can get them into a really good place and then put them on a maintenance program. And in the workplace, it's a whole year for the first year where they've got the hands-on help and then they go into a lighter community. But nevertheless, they need a community because they need to know that they need to keep doing things because we're famous for doing things for other people. And if we feel better, we think to ourselves, well, I'm okay now, I don't really need to do that anymore. But actually, because of the postmenopausal situation and the fact that we can lose 20% of our bone mass around the time of menopause, and we can even die from osteoporosis, we could have a heart attack and be one of the 50% of women who actually die from their first heart attack, more so than men, or we can get dementia. If we don't want to do that, then we've got to plug in to this amazing research and do the simple diet and lifestyle things that are going to help us to feel better. Couple of questions um, related to that. First of all, you know, you mentioned bone and heart health, and I was so happy that you did that in your book as well. Again, it's not just the hot flashes we're now moving into as we age, more chronic conditions, and obviously bone loss and heart disease are, are major issues for women. Yes. And then you talk about science. So my questions are number one, is that I'm assuming that your suggestion would be as one goes through the program, but also in conjunction potentially with their provider, that if they need pharmaceuticals or other kinds of medications, that this is it's not an either or situation. Okay, so it's never an either or situation. Obviously, people can go to their provider and choose to take drugs or hormones. I like to think that with the natural approach, we're going to achieve what we need to achieve in terms of lowering cholesterol, blood pressure, growing new bone mass. It's, of course, always a good idea to stay in touch with your provider, but maybe not put all your eggs in one basket. So you have now, and I've, you've been kind enough to give me a peek behind the scenes, a online program that really operationalizes, basically, or puts into action the book. And so how would folks uh, get to that? Well, it depends what, how someone's suffering, I'd say. If you're suffering mildly or you're looking to prevent something, the book's probably enough. They, you can just manage yourself. But if you're feeling at the other end of the spectrum, you're overwhelmed and feel like you've been bowled over by your hormones, then you need some help. Because if you're not sleeping and you've got brain fog and you're feeling terrible, it's going to be hard for you to work through any self-help program. And they can access that on our website. If it's outside the workplace, then on um, either femile.com or marionstuart.com leads you to the same place and it's under solutions. So they can just click on that and find out about the, uh, the program in the US or we have a, a version of the program for the UK as well. And then on top of that, we've got our corporate program which runs from within the actual organization. There are a number of ways that people can access us. And we also have a midlife refuel club, which is 
stuffed full of self-help content. And so women can also come to that and get their questions answered as well. So it just What's depends. What's the URL for that? Uh, well, if they just go to the website, they'll find... Which it's, is? It's called the Midlife Refuel Club. So they can go to either femar.com, F-E-M-M-A-R.com, or Marion Stewart, M-A-R-Y-O-N-S-T-E-W-A-R-T.com. And Midlife Refuel Club is on there. You can get to it by putting in Midlife Refuel on Google as well. Thank you. And you are doing even more than what we've just talked about. I don't know how you fit everything in in a day. Talk a little bit about some of the other projects that you're working on. So when I launched the book here, which was published by New World Library, Manager Menopause, naturally, and it gave me a platform because don't forget, I came from the UK. And so my TV show and my newspaper columns and everything were over there. So I came here with nothing. And that gave me the platform to start talking about menopause. And then I got introduced to the head of PBS in South Florida. And so I was invited to put together a show for them. And so we've had in uh, Menopause Awareness Month in October, we had Marion Stewart's Menopause Moments, which were launched as a pilot. And that's just got the thumbs up to go national next year in February, which is really exciting, uh, on the Health Channel as well as PBS. And now we're working on a full show, which is 30 minute shows, six part series to get started. And I'm really excited about that. And they're very excited because they've had amazing response. And we've also partnered with the National Council on Aging. So we're providing webinars and uh, content from my book and all sorts of other things. And that's going very well as well. So it's, the, it, it's, it's trying to partner with organizations that have got massive audiences so that we can actually reach people as a shortcut. And that's essentially what we're doing because I am determined that we're not going to leave this amazing research behind the postgraduate library doors and we're going to get get it out and and make sure that women actually know about it amen before i let you go a couple more questions first of all what did i not ask you that you wanted to cover i don't know i could probably talk for a week about this subject i think that (laughs) i think the main thing i'd like to say is that people need to have hope because there are solutions to all these things whether you feel that you can't go on because you're, I mean, obviously, if you feel that you may have early dementia, please go and get checked out, Exactly. you know, because there are so many things that could be wrong with you. But the chances are, it probably isn't that in our experience, for the most part. And it really may be just related to a combination of your menopause and your cortisol levels. So it's really having, giving yourself permission to be your own parent and look after yourself for a while so that you can get yourself back onto an even keel and be the best version of yourself so that you can use your wisdom and in any way you choose in or out of the workplace and help to save this ailing planet, which needs all the wisdom it can get. Well, my second question was going to be what what action item would you suggest um, for our listeners to take? Um, And I think that is as good as any. Um, But if you have another one, please add that. I think that just looking at where you are now and where you'd like to be, you know, forget the negative voices and think to yourself, if you had a blank canvas and you didn't have any symptoms, what would you like to be doing in your life? Because you can actually live the life of your dreams if you dare to. And the first thing you've got to do is just get yourself into good shape again. And once you've got rid of your symptoms, you can come out of that shell 
and just move forward in any shape you like. Beautiful. Marianne Stewart, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Marianne Stewart is the author of the book, Manage Your Menopause Naturally, a six-week guide to calming hot flashes and night sweats, getting your sex drive back, sharpening memory, and reclaiming well-being. You can find Marianne's websites that she mentioned in our podcast notes. We'd love to hear from you, so check us out at beyondthepapergown.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast, so you can stay up to date on the issues that impact women's health. Our podcast is produced by Patrick Shambayati and me, and our associate producer is Kyla McMillian. Until next time, be well.